0: On this episode of Locked on Lightning, we continue our look at some of the defensemen that will be hitting the market this summer. We also talk about what bandwagon do Lightning fans jump on now that the Lightning are out of the playoffs, all that more. But first, let's play that music. You're Locked on Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Adam Danker, and thank you for making us your first listen of today. And as we have been talking about the last couple of days, as well as we'll be discussing throughout the course of the summer, some of the names out there for the Tampa Bay Lightning, how do they approach their offseason? Do they go out and spend the money? Do they trade assets? Or do they look within, Uh, if you've been listening to the last couple episodes, I am a big proponent of them going out and finding some defensive help in the free agent market. I firmly believe that this is uh, one of the best free agent periods for defensemen that we have seen in the last couple of years. Uh, Very affordable names, some out there. And and really, I think what it breaks it down to and what we got to look at it is, is how much money are the Lightning willing to spend? aav uh on a defensive replacement. Now most likely whoever they bring in whether it be via trade or via the free agency period, that person will be on the third line pairing with Darren Radish. I would one would imagine. Now, as believe it or not, the intro was playing it did strike on me. Do the Lightning maybe take a little bit of a gamble this year with whoever they bring in um and I think that because do you look at what Darren Radish did during the playoffs and you take that as something that's very, very encouraging uh, for your third line? Do you allow him to become that third line anchor uh, for at least the, the next year? Do you do you maybe bring in someone who who really ha- isn't at that level, Who who really maybe is on the back end of their career or maybe is sort of trailing off in their career, but you still have some, some, uh, you know, production out of them. I spoke about it on yesterday's episode, one name that is really, really enticing for me that the lightning definitely should look at, because I think he's a very inexpensive option. I think at this point in his career, he just wants to win a cup. And as we know, players will be willing Corey Perry case in point, will be willing to come to Tampa Bay, maybe sacrifice a little bit money-wise in order just to win one Stanley Cup. Now, obviously, Corey Perry hasn't achieved that, but he got pretty damn close last season, um, lighting obviously going all the way back to the Stanley Cup final, unfortunately falling short to the avalanche. But the one player that really, really excites me in terms of the potential prospect of him being in a lightning Jersey at some point, hopefully in the next year is John Klingberg. Uh, I think when you look at some of the top names that are out there for defensemen, um, for, for potential defensemen to hit the free agency market, I think Klingberg is right up there. Had a little bit of a disappointing season, uh, in Anaheim was eventually dealt to Minnesota, uh, And he's at that point in his career where, you know, he is 30 years old, has some miles on him, believe it or not. I think when you look at NHL defensemen, and this is why we kind of made so much of what has been going on with Victor Hedman this season, uh, really him looking off. I think when you look at NHL defensemen, I I think that, you know, we look at forwards uh, in the NHL going into their early 30s and say they have a lot, lot of game left whereas you know that's relatively young whereas you look at defensemen once they hit 30 I feel like because they say they take such a beating I think that you kind of have to add maybe 3 to 4 even 5 years onto that player and examine them like that um not to say that John Klingberg is 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 at the tail end of his career I I just think that maybe you know, the Lightning and as well as maybe John Klingberg's representatives really shouldn't look at him as a $7 million defenseman. I hate to say it, and I've always been a fan of John Klingberg, uh, back to his days in in Dallas. But I I think that maybe, you know, with with a 33-point season and only 10 goals this year through 67 games, I think maybe the market... For Klingberg won't be as as lucrative uh, as we we saw last season for him at least. Uh, other players, uh, a name that really interests me at least, you know, we talk about all the time, and we when when the Lightning kind of have been at a crossroads as to how they want to go about filling a spot on their roster. That you know, we always bring up former names, former players. Uh, one name that really interests me, and I'm, I'm curious to see what the potential is for a reunion. But, and this is definitely a player that I haven't brought up is Kevin Shattenkirk won a cup with the lightning um, 34 years old. You know, he still has some offensive ability in him. 27 points this last year. Very curious to see if the conversation were to arise with him. Cause here's the thing. If you bring in a guy like Shattenkirk, who, is a veteran who who knows the position plays the position very well obviously has played has been playing at a high level for a majority of his career you look at shattenkirk and if you bring in a guy like that you have to ask yourself does he get moved up in the lineup just because and i say that out of respect for him you know, normally you don't want to bring in a guy. You know, I think that bringing in Ian Cole this last year was was kind of a different story in a way because I feel like he's more of an offensive defenseman, uh, mid-level defensive capabilities on the back end, whereas, you know, Shattenkirk, I think, you know, a big guy, big body defenseman, uh, very able to, to clean up in the – very willing and able to clean up in the dirty areas, I think. And plus, you know, the clout that he has with this team Uh, He knows a lot of the guys. John Cooper, definitely a big fan of him during his time here. I think if he were to be brought in, I think that kind of messes things up in terms of chemistry in a way because, you know, obviously the lines are going to be as is, you know, not in any particular order. I think we could really make the argument that you could flip-flop the Sergeyev and Hedman lines. So it would be Hedman, Purbix, Sergachev, Chernak, and then Blank and Darren Radish. I think if you bring in a guy like Shattenkirk, who is, who is a little bit more experienced, uh, who also has experience playing with a, with a lot of these guys that are already in the defensive core, I think that he gets moved up to the second line. I think that Perbix is w- very good of a season that he had with the Lightning. I think that you don't Want to start off the season overly exposing him? I mean, he played well alongside Headman, but I'd be curious to see how he fares on the third line uh, with the Darren Radish. I think that's a very good combination where you have Radish, who's willing to lay hits. He he has that style that we saw from kind of you know he kind of reminds me of Luke Shen, but, but with better puck handling ability. I think that you combine him with Nick Pervix, who does, as he proved this year, can have that offensive capability. I think that's a good really combination right there in the third line. And then you put Shattenkirk on the second with Sergachev. I think that's a good line there as well. And you move Chernak up to the first, obviously, with with Hedman. I think that's a great combination. That was a combination that we saw early on in the season. Um You know, and this is all based off the fact, hopefully, that Victor Hedman gets back to what he was uh, last season, two seasons ago, actually, uh, having a 20-goal season. Not expecting him to have that, maybe more close to the 15-goal mark, but definitely want to have those points up. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of names that that could be brought in to where I feel like it could shuffle the board. For the Tampa Bay Lightning defensively, uh, another name that comes to mind, uh, one that I'm really high on, I think he's definitely at the top of the list is is Ryan Graves. Now we're not even discussing the likely lo- likelihood of this happening. Um, obviously, if you look at the names that are available, Lightning aren't going to get a Eric Gustafsson. I mean, most likely with the success, unless something, unless you know the Leafs get swept by the Panthers this round you know, I would imagine he's going back to Toronto, but you know, I, I don't see him being able or or the lightning really to be able to, to be in the game for him. But Ryan Graves, another great name. The lightning may have to throw some money at him, which I'm not, as you've been listening the last couple of days, I'm not entirely on the horse for that. I just, that's not something that I want the lightning to do. I think that you know, they kind of dug themselves a hole and it kind of was just unavoidable last season, giving long term contracts to Nick Paul, uh, Anthony Sorelli, and Mikhail Sergachev, which obviously those guys they deserved it. But at the end of the day, I, I just feel like to a certain degree, uh you know, with with the current cap situation and it really not getting any better. Uh, for this franchise, uh, for the foreseeable future, because of the cap, really not going up that much, um, you really don't want to sign contracts that put yourself in a in a tough situation. Case in point, Vladisov, Nemestikov. So I, I just think that really, that's why you know if you listen to the last episode, it really depends on what happens with Alex Corn. Uh, if they end up trading Ross Colton, I would imagine if they trade Ross Colton, it's not going to be for a player. It's just going to be for maybe picks here and there. It's not going to be for anything really significant. Uh, it's an, it's an unfortunate situation. Like I said to a listener on Twitter would really like to have Ross Colton back. I think he does that does have that 30 goal potential. Uh, he was close a couple of years ago and then, you know, this year really took a step back sort of, um, um, versus the expectations. If you look at what he did versus the expectations, but yeah, I think that the conversation revolving around the lightning defensive needs, uh, will continue to be very fluid as the weeks go on, as we get ever closer to the free agent period happening. I think that really though, as I've said before, it really starts from one signing, re-signing of one of your, your better players this season. Um, it's going to be very interesting, like I said, and like I've spoken about, and I'm sure we'll continue to discuss at nauseam what's going to happen with Alex Korn, um, you know, if he comes back for a sweetheart deal in order to, to be a lightning player for life and end his career in, in Tampa because most likely he will get his number retired. I think that a guy like that, if he's willing to come back and stay here for the rest of his career, I think that will show – that a he's a team player and b i mean we all know he is but i think if he comes back it's going to be coming back at a very very uh franchise friendly deal that will be able to open up the door for the lightning to bring in someone uh who could really contribute uh right away on the defensive side of things so we'll keep an eye out for that and while the lightning are at home right now unfortunately resting up for another potential Stanley Cup run next year uh we'll be looking on the next segment uh, who should lightning fans you know hockey's still not over even though it's over for the lightning fans and, and the Tampa Bay Lightning who are we jumping on the bandwagon for we talk about all that in the next segment but first I want to talk about today's sponsor and that is our friends at ebay motors now if you haven't heard about ebay motors it is one of the best outlets out there for people to go and buy car parts for a championship team it's all about making sure every player You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items, uh, only exclusions apply. So... First of all, I want to thank everybody for making us your first listen of the day. And if you haven't already done so, please go ahead and subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Also, give us a follow wherever podcasts are distributed in audio form. Uh, and the best part about that is that we are free. And give us a follow in our social media pages at lo underscore lightning on Twitter, as well as locked on underscore lightning on Instagram. You could follow me on our on my Twitter account at danky dank d e n k y d a n k. Love hearing from all of you, and now that the Tampa Bay Lightning are out of it, something that we have not said on this show since its inception, I mean, if you've been listening from day one, it's been pretty much smooth sailings in terms of the Lightning going to on to win two straight Stanley Cup championships, going three straight finals, and really this is the first early off season we've had here on the show, but you know what? Still lots to talk about. And right now we're talking about who's left, who's left, who should lightning fans root for. And I think the easiest way to go about this is looking at former lightning players. Uh, So just going, if you want to follow, go ahead on NHL.com slash Stanley cup playoffs. Look at the bracket with me. That's how I'm going right now. So, Looking at the West, starting off with the West, we got Seattle and Dallas and Vegas and Edmonton. And, you know, you just don't have to root for these teams just because of former Lightning players. I think that also it's just, you know, if you're an avid hockey fan, which I assume you are, you're looking at the most exciting matchup or potential matchup that we could see in the conference finals as well as the Stanley Cup final. So, with Seattle, I think it's an easy, easy decision in terms of why you should root for them. Uh, we announced on Twitter and Instagram that we are officially, as the show, officially jumping on the Seattle train because of none other than Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord obviously had the game winning goal in that ridiculous game one overtime against uh, Dallas in, in game one. So, I think Yanni's playing the best hockey. I think he's that we've seen him play throughout his career, he played very well in Tampa but it's my unbiased opinion I really think that his game has gone to another level uh, in Seattle where being here in Tampa Bay he was a very key piece obviously in two Stanley Cup wins three Stanley uh, two Stanley Cup wins but at the same time and very effective obviously with this Tampa team and, and really had his stamp over a lot of games but I think going to Seattle he's taken on more of a a defined leadership role. You know, he's one of those guys, I think when players walk into the dressing room, um, they really look at Yanni as one of those key guys. And obviously the reason why he's so prepared and, and so able to do that, fill that role right away. And the Seattle Kraken's young history is obviously none other than the reason because of his time here in Tampa Bay. Um, so, you know, one reason to root for Seattle. On the other side of that, for Dallas, I've just been high on Dallas all year long. I think that they're one of those teams where they have a lot of good pieces, most notably Jake Ottinger, their goaltender, I think is one of the best goaltenders in the league by far. I think he's definitely a top-five goaltender. Now, he may not get a lot of press or a lot of coverage because of where he plays, You know, even though Dallas, very good hockey franchise, very good hockey town. The fans are great. I just think that when you look at the sexy picks in terms of how the NHL is covered, obviously he's not in that that market. When you look at guys like Vasileski, who obviously is the best goaltender. Um, I think when he's at the top of his game, there's nobody better than him. And then there's Connor Hellebuck. Um, there's there's um there's Igor Sisterkin in New York, uh, Berbovsky in Florida. I know that's a controversial statement, maybe for some, but uh, facts are facts. He's one of the better goaltenders in the league. Uh, so looking down towards the Vegas Edmonton series, Vegas is up one nothing in this series. I think when you look at Vegas, I think you just look at a team that continues to make moves on a yearly basis, a lot of big names. Uh, one. One that sticks out is Alex Petrangelo, uh, one of the better veteran defensemen in the league. Uh, av- obviously, as we all know, won a cup with St. Louis a couple of years back. Um, and just Vegas, you know, in general, I think it's very exciting to see a team. And this same thing goes for Seattle. You look at how, you know, how how enthusiastic the fan bases are. I think it's pretty cool. You know, whenever a, a franchise is in a position to win their first Stanley Cup final, I don't care who it is. Um, even Florida, and we'll talk about that once we get to them. But I think it's very exciting. I think it's very exciting for hockey, um, and and they're a team that could be that that could be could very well be and will be good for many years to come, especially with Jack Eichel. And I spoke about this on the Locked On NHL show yesterday. Really, what it comes down to it is that you know in this series you're going to see Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl versus Jack Eichel and the Vegas Golden Knights. And I say that because Jack Eichel that whole saga last year when he was traded from Buffalo to Vegas, him being brought in was for this sole purpose to go up against a team who has perennial offensive forces such as Dreisaitl and McDavid him and he has the ability believe it or not to go out there and take control of games so very exciting series uh there that's definitely one we'll keep an eye on and obviously you know with the oilers speaks for itself mcdavid best player on the planet by far uh will win the heart trophy this year by a by a complete blowout i i would be shocked if it's not unanimous um so and, and also Leon Dreisaitl, who's been playing phenomenal, scored four goals in, in game one. So that's another player to look out for as well. So shifting towards the Eastern Conference. Um, now, this might be a little bit of a kind of just a conflicted series for Lightning fans because you have two division rivals playing against each other. One in-state, one that just knocked you out. Florida and Toronto. Who do you go for? and i would have to say to pick the lesser of the two evils you pick florida okay at the end of the day you you go you go for the cats i mean you don't have to go out and pledge your allegiance to the florida panthers but at the same time you you look at this florida team they're they're a cinderella story in every sense of the word because if you look at just over maybe a month and a half ago Nobody would have expected this team to be in the playoffs or maybe even a couple of months ago, if you really want to go that far back, nobody expected this team to be good. Uh, everybody thought they were having some sort of epic post, uh, you know, playoff hangover after winning the president's trophy last year, getting knocked out, not even getting knocked out by the lighting, getting swept in that series. And they're a very good hockey team. You know, Matthew Kachuk, that trade, I wasn't so sure about it. this off season and he's proving that he's the real deal, that you know, he is the f- the future of this franchise. Uh and, and you couple that with Sergey Brabovsky's play in the playoffs. I mean, this team has not only potential with, with the amount of players, and Lightning fans should all know uh very well about this team, you know, they have the potential with the pieces they have to not only beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, but move past possibly, and we'll get to that uh in just a little bit when we talk about them, but possibly. Past, this, uh, past the Eastern Conference Finals, past most likely Carolina, uh, and go to the Stanley Cup Finals. So very exciting. And, and you know what? At the same time, you have to respect Toronto on the other side of that. I just think that – and I always viewed it like this, but I feel like this year it's a little different with Toronto. <clears throat> I think that if your team – and this goes for any sport. If your team gets eliminated or knocked out of the playoffs, I think you always want to root for the team that beats you to go and win a championship, because at least you have some sort of, of comfort at the end of the year, knowing that, well, you know, we lost in the playoffs, but we lost to the eventual champion. So, and and the lightning losing three, two, to possibly the potential Stanley cup champion, that's kind of always something you could kind of look on like, well, you know, we, we did, we kept up with those guys sort of. So You know, I look at it that way. Now, moving on to the last uh, playoff series uh, in the East is Carolina and New Jersey. I was talking about this for Christmas Day on the NHL show, and I've been kind of saying this all year about this team. I think that the Carolina Hurricanes are one of the more really underrated teams in the league. I mean, you look at their lines from top to bottom; I don't see any holes. I don't see any holes in this team. This is a team that I'm kind of excited that the Lightning never in the last couple of playoff runs, except maybe the bubble, except for the bubble, but I feel like this team was different then, never really had to contend with this team in the playoffs. It was never a team that there was. Because I feel like if the Lightning were to play against Carolina uh, in a potential playoff series, I think that that would have been probably a lot worse of a result. I just, like I said, I think that this team defensively, offensively, very good top to bottom. There's really not any faults. I mean, the only question mark that maybe you could take from this team and and maybe possibly exploit it is their goaltending situation. I'm not a big Freddie Anderson guy. He didn't really do it for me when he was in Toronto. Why does this situation, why does his situation Uh, change going to Carolina yeah he's got better bodies in front of him but if people are throwing pucks at the net and he can't stop it obviously that's not going to work out so that's one thing you could look out for and I feel like it's the same way when you look at the Devils I think that though if you compare these two teams the Devils are kind of the unfinished product but once they get a little older once they develop a little more They could eventually evolve into a team that is as stacked as the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, But just like with the Hurricanes, their goaltending situation, I don't know. I just look at Akira Schmidt. I don't know if he's the real deal. Um, No disrespect to the Devils. I look at what he did in that series against the the Rangers, and I just look at it as, as kind of more of so the Rangers falling asleep through that series than really him doing really anything significant. I mean, I watched, I was able to watch some of those games and especially the two shutouts that he had in that series against the Rangers and especially that that game seven. And I just kind of look in more so it's like, all right, you did well with what you had in front of you, but the Rangers really just did not capitalize on any chances. They fell flat in most of those games, especially game seven. So you really didn't have to work that much. Whereas now you're going up against a, a Carolina team who's been there before, who has a ton of veteran experience, who's very solid up and down the lineup. Their top six, in my opinion is one of the best in the league. Can your top six compete with that? Can they keep up with that? And my answer right now is simply no. So I think, you know, if you look at that, if you look at some of the former lightning players in this playoffs, uh, for the Devils, Andre Plot, obviously everybody has a, has a soft spot for him as well as I do. But unfortunately, as a native New Yorker, I can't pull myself to root for the New Jersey Devils. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. Uh, Carolina, I think that it's just the better team. If you look at looking at more former Lightning players, you know, you have Luke Shen in, in Toronto. You got Carter Verhage in Florida, Yanni Gord, like I said, in Seattle. So a lot of former Lightning players to, to root for. A uh, lot of reasons to jump on any bandwagon. Let me know in the comments below what team you're rooting for. It doesn't necessarily have to be the Seattle Kraken. doesn't necessarily have to be a team that has a former Lightning player. Let me know if you're hitching your wagon to any team for the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, and also hitch your wagon to our, our, our podcast if you haven't already done so. Please go ahead and subscribe to the pod. Give us a follow wherever podcasts are distributed. Hit that thumbs up button below on our YouTube channel, please. Uh, All the enthusiasm you have showed over the last couple of weeks has been spectacular. And as we continue to grow the channel, uh, we can't do it without your help uh, by spreading the word and promoting it as well. So go ahead and do that. So we'll be back next week. We'll be doing player grades. Uh, One of my favorite things to do is we break down the season of every single player on this roster from first line to last third line to parent uh defensive pairing so make sure to tune in for that on monday so in the meantime that's been it for this episode of locked on lightning part of the lockdown podcast network i'm your host adam tanker i'll talk to you in the next one